We're in the fourth, uh, fourth week of our series that we're doing on the church, its life and its purpose. And we've got one more Sunday. So next Sunday, we'll finish up this series. And just to remind you, uh, we started by looking at the church as a community of believers. We saw how, um, especially that, that model there in Acts chapter two with the early church, we saw how they were together. They had all things in common. And there was just this, this beautiful uh, community there. So then we looked at the church as a body. And we saw how uh, a body, of course, has a variety of different parts. And so we talked about uh, each of the parts of the body functioning. We, uh, last time, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit. And we looked at what the gifts are and how to identify them in our own lives and how to actually exercise the gifts. So today... I wanted to have us look at just the whole idea of the, the work of the ministry, because that's what Paul tells us here, that the, the objective is that, that the church, the body, the saints would be engaging in the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. So that, that's what we want to look at now. Notice that Paul, uh, he describes, first of all, in verse 11, he describes those gifted servants that Christ has given to the church for the purpose of equipping the saints. And he mentions apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail of uh, trying to draw the distinctions there between, you know, what is what. The important thing to note is that Every one of these uh, offices that are mentioned are involved in teaching or preaching God's word. So there are distinctions between them, but we won't bother with that. But, but the point is, God gifts people to teach and to preach, and it's through the teaching and the preaching of his word that we are equipped to do the work of the ministry or can translate that the works of service. Now, as, as I've pointed out many times, the biblical picture is one of, of everybody involved. In the, in the church, from the biblical standpoint, there are no spectators. There are no uh, people that are just sitting on the sideline observing. Everybody has uh, something to engage in. And, uh, you know, there was some time in the history of the church, I don't know when it happened, but there was a, a point in, in history where there, there was this division that arose between what, what is commonly called the, the clergy and the laity. And the clergy were the, the, the professional ministers, if you will, and the laity were everybody else, those who, um, you know, just the average, average people in the church. And the way church went for many centuries among many denominations is that a handful of people did the work of the ministry and the rest of the people kind of just were observing and, you know, maybe supporting through their tithes and offerings or whatever else. But that distinction does not exist biblically. In the Bible, there is no distinction between the clergy and laity it's, we're, we're all one body. We just have different gifts uh, within the one body. And so 
the, um, the, the important thing to, to recognize is that we all need to make sure we are functioning in our gift, and we've been emphasizing that. So, so here's, here's what I want to focus in on, on uh, the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? When we talk about the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, what does that mean? And for you, you might think, well, I don't know what that means. What, what is the work of the ministry? A lot, of, a lot of people think the work of the ministry is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Oh, that's the work of the ministry. No, that's one aspect of the work of the ministry. And that's the, again, that's the, the proclamation of, of God's word to strengthen the body. But the work of the ministry is really the things that the Spirit of God would be leading us as his people to do, to exercise our gifts, to strengthen ourselves and the overall body and the witness of the church in the world. So I want to walk through just a few things, four or five things that are works of the ministry. This is not exhaustive. We could add to this list, but I just want to give you uh, an example to get you thinking about it. And maybe some of the things I talk about, you're going to resonate with that. You're going to say, oh yeah, that's, I, I feel inclined toward that. I, or maybe God's going to speak to you and say, you know, you need to be involved in that. But it also might just be a catalyst for you to start uh, thinking about other possibilities. So in other words, the work of the ministry is not limited to what I'm about to share with you, um, but it obviously is part of what we would call the work of the ministry. So the first thing I want to talk about for a moment is prayer. And of course, prayer is something that we all engage in as Christian people. And it's something that we engage in as a church. But the kind of prayer that I'm referring to here today is not just that prayer that we would normally engage in as Christian people on a daily basis. But what I'm talking about is, is more specific and more focused prayer and a prayer that has a, uh, a consistency to it in order to see things accomplished. So this kind of prayer is where you're, you're praying about very specific ways for the body of Christ to be built up and very specific ways for the gospel to be advanced. And as you're, you're praying consistently for these things, you're praying through to see them brought to pass. So you're focusing in on this. And this work of the ministry is a, a work that I think some people are called to. Some people, you know, we, like I said, we all pray as Christians, but you know, some people really have a calling to a ministry of prayer. This is that area where they just feel a deep uh, conviction that they are to be involved in prayer. And so they, they sometimes start prayer meetings or they join prayer meetings. They, they consistently, regularly meet with people to pray about specific things. A few weeks ago, we had Stacy. She was sharing with us about the moms in prayer. So that's, that's kind of a good example of what I'm talking about, that kind of thing. So moms in prayer are moms who aren't just getting together and praying about anything and everything. They're praying about children and grandchildren, and they're praying specifically about their education and, you know, school campuses and teachers and all that. So it's focused prayer on 
children. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about prayer that's focused. And so for some, this will be the work of the ministry that God will call you to. You know, I, I've often thought about um, what people do who are retired from their careers and have a lot of free time on their hands and want to engage in some kind of service to the Lord through their church. And, you know, there's a variety of different things that you can engage in, but one of the things is prayer. And we have often encouraged those in that category of, of retired and looking for something to do. Why don't you get involved in a prayer ministry? Why don't you, uh, you know, join a, a, a prayer group or why don't you even start a prayer group? So a work of the ministry is prayer. Perhaps God has called you there. You can identify with what I'm saying. Perhaps the Lord's been stirring your heart and showing you, you know, I want you to get more involved in ministry, the ministry of prayer. So that's one. Secondly, discipleship. What is discipleship? For some people, that's uh, kind of just an intimidating word. They think like, you know, you, you ask somebody maybe, hey, you know, have you ever thought of discipling someone? People think, oh, whoa, you know, I could, what do you mean discipling somebody? I don't think I could do that. Well, discipling or discipleship really simply just means imparting knowledge and experience to others. So you're, you're a person who's mature in the faith. You've, you've known the Lord. You know his word. You've lived life. You've got some experience. And there are people around you who don't have any of that. So uh, a ministry of discipleship is a ministry where you're, you're coming alongside and you're connecting with a person or a few people and you're, you're sharing with them your experiences, you're imparting to them your knowledge, you're helping them grow up in the faith. And you know, over the years, I've known people that have, have had this kind of gift to just come alongside and, and disciple and they, they just kind of pour their lives into the lives of a few other people. And, you know, they might never have a, uh, a large ministry. They might never have a website, uh, you know, talking about their ministry. They might never get on the radio or anything like that. But the investment that they've made in the lives of, you know, maybe just like a, you know, a half a dozen people, it is an investment that pays off incredibly in eternity. You know, you never know who you're going to impact. You never know uh, what's going to happen when you just come alongside somebody sometime and start pouring into their lives. And so, again, this is a work of the ministry. And again, perhaps God would speak to you about this. Maybe you, you've even thought yourself, you know, I've got a lot of Bible knowledge. I've got a lot of experience. I've, I've been around... Uh, church, and yet, I, you know, I've never really imparted any of this to others. Well, this is where you can take those things, and you can step up and do that. And so, um, you know, the, the home groups we're talking about, that's an environment where those relationships can be developed. It can, of course, just happen uh, as, you, as you meet people and connect with them. So discipleship is another work of the ministry. And then... Um, helps is a work of the ministry. And helps, 
Uh, actually, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he makes reference to the gift of helps. And this is a, a tremendous ministry. And, and it is just what it sounds like. It's helping. It's helping people. And as you help people, you're blessed by exercising your gift. And obviously, they're blessed because you helped them. And they needed help. I was talking to a lady after first service. She was here from Northern California. She's here taking care of her parents who uh, I think are probably in their late 80s. And she's got to go back this week. Her mother was in the hospital last week, but now she's out and she's fine. They were all at church this morning. And she said to me, she said, now, you know, of course, I, I'm leaving Thursday to go back home. She said, Is, do you have a ministry here where there's somebody that could come alongside my parents and maybe, you know, they might need a ride somewhere because it's difficult for them to get around these days or they might need a meal brought to them or something like that. Yes, that's, that's the helps ministry. That's the kind of thing that we want to be doing. So something like that, but it can be more than that. We've, we've done things where we've gone and helped, uh, you know, maybe elderly people who had dilapidated uh, areas of their house that needed to be tended to. So you send a team over and they take care of that. Or maybe there's a, a mechanical problem with a car and there's a single mom and she doesn't have any other way to get her kids around and she doesn't know anything about how to work on a car. So, you know, the helps ministry comes alongside and it's somebody that's gifted in that kind of thing. You see, all of these are different practical ways of serving. We have the, the sewing clutch on Wednesday mornings. It's a group of ladies right over there in the, in the prayer room who get together and they sew all of this stuff. And then it gets shipped out all around the world to orphanages. It gets shipped to different villages and places where they just don't have the means to get the, you know, the warm clothing that they need during the winter or whatever. And, and that, again, is, is a wonderful thing. As many of you know, we recently, we've done this many times over the years, but most recently we sent a team to Louisiana to help out uh, families that suffered uh, during the flooding that took place a couple months ago. And what I wanted to do this morning is, you know, sometimes, as it said, a picture um, is worth a thousand words. And we put together a little video about that particular trip. And I wanted to just take a few minutes, it's six and a half minutes, and I wanted to show it to you guys. And because I just want you to, to get a visual of what we're talking about. And just keep in mind helps ministry as we watch this video. And uh, I'll come back up and finish up the message after the video, six and a half minutes. Here we go. It actually rose 25 feet in 12 hours. Since Monday, uh, this whole region has been getting pounded. Well, the death toll from the disaster reached at least 11. Rescue and operations happening right now across parts of southeast Louisiana because the dangerous floodwaters there are continuing to run. Home after home after home destroyed.
kind of unaware that it was it was going to be um, this devastating. And um, by the time we were able to get out in our yard, we had maybe um, three to four feet of water out here where we're standing now. So as you can imagine, it was, it was scary because reality sort started to set in that hey, we really can be drowned or you know um, we can die. Cause now we're living from house to house right now. God's gonna work it out. We believe God is working it out already. The uh, scope of this disaster is just unimaginable. We had no idea. Uh, although local officials haven't really put a number to it yet, the uh, talk is uh, upwards of 150,000 dwelling places that have been damaged by this, this flood. Today we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday, so we're going to take you inside the house and let you see what we're working on.
Wayne had wrote something last night that's um, the words actually that are from my heart as well. And he's scared. He's going to start crying, I guess, reading it. I probably will, but I'm going to try my best to read it for y'all. Um, this is from Blaine, though. I just want to take time to thank all of the church groups from all over the country who have come to Louisiana to help us during such a trying time. My deepest gratitude and thanks goes out to this group. This group of people were the kindest and most caring people I have had the pleasure to meet. Their willingness to help my family at this time touched me deeply. They left their families to go where they felt they were needed. They were truly, truly servants of our Lord, and our family felt honored and blessed to have them in our home. May their lives be filled with joy and happiness. We will never, ever forget their time with us and the help they offered and gave. God bless. So I could have just told you the story about that, but I thought, you know, why not? Let's just watch it. And did you, you know, there are two things happening there. The, this couple are blessed. And, and you saw, you know, what she was saying is, my husband wrote this, but he can't read it. It's, it'd be too emotional. So she read it. And yet, um, I'll tell you what, if we got all of those guys that went on that trip up here, they would say, no, no, we were the ones that were blessed. You know, see, that's the thing. You, when you give, when you serve, when you exercise your gift, this is, this is the, where the blessing comes our way. And spiritual growth is dependent on, on both things. It's not just uh, receiving, but it's also giving. And so we'll come back to that in a minute. But so again, there's an example of, of helps. I want to talk real quickly, mercy ministry, mercy ministry. People are sick. They're housebound. They can't get out. They need to be visited. They need to be assisted. They need people to come alongside. And these are the kinds of things you see this. This is what the church historically has done. This is what Jesus did. This is what the early believers did. And these are the kinds of things that a healthy church has done all throughout the history of the church that make for a strong church and then end up being a blessing to the, the community that they are in. Feeding the homeless. We had a, uh, Josh was talking to you about the Red Wagon ministry. And for years, decades, that ministry has been going out to the streets of Santa Ana, streets of Costa Mesa and taking out food and ministering there. And again, something to be engaged in, foster care, adoption, those kinds of things. Uh, ministry to the disabled. You know, we have a number of disabled folks who come to church here and they, you've seen them in their wheelchairs. And, um, but assistance, help, people to, to come alongside and those are the kinds of, of ministries that we just, the work of the ministry, it's that kind of stuff. And I'll mention one more thing and then we'll move on and wrap things up. But there's also uh, doing the work of the ministry. Part of that is giving. And you know, if God has blessed uh, a believer financially, 
in an extraordinary way. It's not simply for them to use that for them themselves, but God blesses people financially so they can contribute, so they can give. Now, not everybody who has a gift of giving or generosity is necessarily wealthy. Many people give out of their poverty because they just feel inclined to give. But, but giving is the way missions take place. Giving is the way various outreaches take place. And so a work of the ministry is to give. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give so these things can happen. You know, for several years now, I've had a, a vision to take our facility that we have up in, um, up in the mountains up near Big Bear. And uh, it's a youth camp that we have up there, Green Valley Youth Camp. And to use that not just as we have been using it for a couple of decades now, um, not just to have church camps there, although that's wonderful and it's been extremely fruitful and uh, amazing over the years, but to also use it as a place where underprivileged kids can go to for an experience uh, with nature, uh, kids from the inner city. And uh, Pastor Chet Lowe and I, Pastor Jeff Gill up in, uh, at Calvary Chapel South Bay, uh, some of the guys, uh, Jose Hernandez and uh, David Trujillo and Tommy Cota in uh, Santa Ana and David Zamora out in Fontana and Bill Buffington in Inglewood. All of these guys basically live and minister in the hood. And we've talked about how great it would be to be able to get these kids from the street and get them up. Some of them have never been out of their neighborhoods in their entire lives. To get them, you know, just 50 miles away, up into the mountains, up into nature, just to have a different experience, to be loved on, to hear the gospel. So we've been talking about this. We've been praying about it. We've been sort of um, planning it, although we haven't really come together with the details and yet the one thing that we've all said is, you know, we're, we're going to have to get this finance because none of us actually have the money to do it, but we need to get sponsorship for these kids. Uh, we need to get people that got behind it and said, you know, I want to send these kids up the hill or I, I want to be involved in something like that. All of these kinds of things are under the, the, this category of the work of the ministry. And like I said, I'm, I'm just scratching the surface because the Holy Spirit has a million different things that he wants his people engaged in. But I'm wanting to just give you guys uh, just something to think about, pray about. And, and maybe the Lord is uh, tugging on your heart with some of the things that we're talking about here. So back to that last point for a moment with the kids, you know, we would, like I said, we would need financing, but we would also need counselors, people that were willing to go up with some, you know, difficult kids, some rough kids and give and, and spend that time and invest and see how God might work to change the lives and the, the future and the destiny of uh, a new generation. So these are some of the works of the ministry. So the preaching and teaching of the word is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry so the body of Christ can be built up. That's the real ultimate goal, that the body of Christ is built up. When you as a Christian exercise your gifts or you exercise faith, you are built up. You're strengthened. 
as I was just saying a moment ago. You see, sometimes we think, well, you know, what do we need? And, and a lot of times they say, oh, I, we need more Bible studies. We certainly need Bible studies, but I think we have enough of them. We need action. Because, you know, Bible study is intake, right? Just like food. If you're, if you're you know, sitting and eating all the time, but you're not exercising, you're not burning off what you're putting in, then you're going to get overweight, you're going to be sluggish, you know, you're, you're not going to operate uh, physically optimally. So just like that's true in the physical realm, it's true in the spiritual realm. So part of growing is to exercise. And exercising is doing the work of the ministry, involving yourself in these kinds of things, taking what God is giving you and then imparting it to others. That's how you are strengthened. And when you personally are strengthened as individual members of the body grow, then the body itself becomes stronger. And, and that's what we're really desiring, a, a stronger body, a body that is, is functioning fully, a body that is operating optimally so that we can do what then the body is intended to do, functioning maturely. The intention is that the body would be the witness to the world. You see, so our, you know, our big picture goal is to, is to get the message of the kingdom to as many people as we can and to bring as many people into the kingdom as we can. But we have to be strengthened ourselves in order to do that. And we strengthen ourselves through the ministry of the word, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But that is to equip us to then do those things that will strengthen the body and make for ultimately that, that witness so that people will be impacted and, and drawn to Christ through what they see in a, in a strong, healthy body. So that brings us back to where we always come back to in this series. That's why we need to be connected. That's why we need to be engaged. That's why we're establishing the community groups. That's why I'm encouraging you every week for the last few weeks to make sure that you're not just sitting here on Sunday morning, but that you are actually connecting with other members of the body closely and that through that, you're developing and exercising your gifts so that you're getting stronger, they're getting stronger, and ultimately, we're all getting stronger. So that's what the ministry is all about. The body of Christ growing, being stronger, impacting the world, and that happens as we receive God's word and then as we give out what God has given to us. So, so next week we'll, we'll complete the series and next week I wanna talk more specifically about how when we get into the, the smaller environment, how this is a, a beachhead, this is an outpost, this, this is a place within our communities where 
the very immediate community around us can be impacted by just what's happening in somebody's living room on a Tuesday night. So we'll look at that as we wrap the series up next week. But let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the amazing grace that you've shown us, that you have, Lord, brought us into your family, that you've made us members of your body. Lord, that you've called us to be co-workers together with you, that you have filled us with your spirit, that you have actually given us gifts and that you use us to make a difference eternally in the lives of other people. And Lord, that we get to be part of your church, that alternative community, that alternative kingdom that you're inviting men and women into and using us to uh, extend that invitation. So Lord, help us to not simply hear about these things, but to take to heart the need to really embrace them and to engage as the Spirit would lead. And Lord, just put us where you want us and use us the way you want to use us. And I pray that, Lord, for each person listening to my voice right now. I pray this for us collectively as a congregation, Lord, that we would be that local body of people that is shining brightly and making an impact and ministering to itself, the body, ministering to itself in love and then growing strong and impacting the world around us. That's our prayer. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.